this week, do you feel the void, the nothingness? PSGOM is behind us now, and we are already champions. Only a PSGOL Coupe de France final may give us some thrills before the end of the season. But it's spring break, guys and gals. Just enjoy the lack of drama, the quietness and serenity of the moment. <sighs> it sure will not last. This is PSG talking. New podcast, um, new people, and old people. You know me, you know Kose. You may know Eduardo because he's one of the, the pillars of the blog, writing, he's been writing many articles for uh, PSG Talk these past few years. But, Eduardo, is this your first time on the podcast? Yeah, for the first time on the PSG Talking podcast, I. Usually do the small talk with Mark and, and John, oh, yeah. so it's it's this is my first time on the PSG talking podcast. Huge pressure on you. <laughs> yeah, it's huge pressure. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you. Um, I was as as I was saying before we started hitting record. There's a lot to talk about and not a lot to talk about in terms of football. We had the uh, le classique. Paris Saint-Germain OM, odd game, yeah. really odd game. And um, we're going to talk about the game, but also why that game was odd, how the team fared on a psychological level, what Tuchel has been doing so far, with what, what can we expect? Because now, you know, we PSG fans, we've been used to absurd amount of drama on a regular basis with the club. Oh my God, FFP. Oh my God, what's going on in Qatar? Oh my God, what is Nasser say? Oh my God, uh, Mbappé. Oh my God, Neymar is injured. Oh my God, who's going to be? Oh no, Di Maria sucks. Oh, Di Maria is amazing. Um, oh my God, uh, VAR. Oh my God, we suck. Uh, oh, every week after week after week. And now, quiet. Just after Paris Saint-Germain-Marseille, there's an international break. We're in March. The season will end you know, in a few months. We're pretty much champion. Um, in terms of thriller, well, it looks like there may be a nice uh, Coupe de France final between Lyon, if they don't mess it up, and Paris Saint-Germain, which would be great. That'd be awesome. We love the cup. But there's not much. And um, all these past months, years, have been insane. Insane. And what do you think is better for a group to really do good work? Um, no pressure, quietness, calm and serenity, which looks like Tuchel, his staff and players are going to have for the next few weeks or insane amount of 
drama. I would it'd be fair to say a quiet and serene environment, which never happens at Paris Saint-Germain, is probably a very good thing to have right now. And we don't have another choice anyway, because it's pretty darn quiet. Tuchel is going to have plenty of time to work with the team. Anyway, did you both watch Paris Saint-Germain, Olympique de Marseille? Yeah, I watched the full match. Cool. Um, I'm going to do, as usual, a brief uh, recap of the game. On March 17th in Paris, France, 29th week of Ligue 1, Paris Saint-Germain 3, Olympique de Marseille 1, Mbappé for the fifth. On an absolutely insane Di Maria thing, uh, Germain. Ties the game right after coming back to the, from the locker rooms. 46. Strange goal, but very uh, sneaky. Uh, Germain is, is, is a good finisher in a square, if he can get the ball in a square, which never happens. But when he does, it's not bad. Di Maria, 55th. Di Maria, 66. Um, one, two, three, four, five yellows for Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, four. Silva, Krozawa, Di Maria, Kimpembe. I may miss one. Uh, well, four or five for Marseille. Camara, uh, Campos, uh, someone else. And I cannot read my handwriting from, the, from <laughs> that far. And Mandanda, Mandanda two. Oh, uh, <laughs> three yellows. Well, no. Direct red? Direct yeah, red. Uh, the, the hand, yeah. Direct red, yeah. What was he thinking? You know, he's, he's France's number two <laughs> keeper. Um, I don't care about, I don't hear what Marseille fans are saying, but they're so loud, it's, it's hard not to. Apparently, he had a pretty poor season so far with Olympique de Marseille. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's been on a downward spiral for some time now. Yeah, I guess. Slight, <laughs> slight decrease. Okay. Um, Team lineup, Areola in the goals. Marquinhos, Silva, Kimpembe. Okay. Um, Verratti, Meunier, Alves, Paredes, Kurzawa in the midfield. Sort of. Kind of. And then Mbappe, Di Maria up front. Or rather, Di Maria behind Mbappe. Or Di Maria anywhere, anywhere he wanted to go. And... He really went everywhere. Uh, in front, 4-4-2 from Olympique de Marseille. Mandanda, Sakai, uh, Kaletakar, Kamara Sar in defense. Lopez, Sanson. Lopez and Sanson had a very good game, actually, for at least a good solid hour. Ocampos, Tovin, completing the sort of midfield. And Germain Balotelli up front. Eduardo, uh, your, your take on the game. What did you like? What didn't you like? Um, go for it. I the to start the match. I mean, we saw the ultras protesting. I think was it the first fifteen minutes. So it was it was weird to 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 watch a game where it, it was kind of quiet. I mean, you did get some crowd noise, but it's not what you expect when when PSG plays at home. And then as soon as I'm not sure if it was after. You know, they came back, that Mbappe scored or before that. Um, 
No, I think it was after they after you know they they came back and Mbappe scored, and then people took his celebration out of context. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but we're not, I'm not sure if he was directing it toward the ultras or it was just him, you know, celebrating just the way he does right there. Um, but for me, Di Maria, it's like I think this game was just him taking over. I'm not sure if it was out of frustration or whatever, but. It was his match, um, that curl, you know, to beat, I think it was at Mandanda, and then that direct free kick. It was just, I don't know, like, he, it's just typical Di Maria where he can frustrate you or, you know, you want him to be consistent. Um, but it's just, it was it was his match. Uh, and I think we kind of needed that a little bit just because we needed something to uplift us. I mean, it's it's been, you know, ever since the United game, it's been... Awkward a little bit. It's just yeah. you know, it's just we needed a break from PSG, and and you know even the ultras needed a break, and just you know to beat up Marseille. It's kind of okay. We can slowly get back to watching PSG, and just hopefully end the season strong. Yeah, um, yeah. Very. We're gonna really talk about this game. There's a lot to 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 say, Kose. Uh, your take on the game? No, oh, yeah, I have to agree. I I knew this was one of the more important games we had left in the season. Um, you know, barring that potential cup final with against Leon, um, it is obviously always nice to to get a win on uh, like Lazique. You know, keep extending our our streak. But um, I do feel that it was a very hard game, and that. Until a point, Marseille were up for it, and they have they committed some they committed some some mistakes that that caused them their game. But I feel that they they try to get the game, and that is much more than what we are used to <laughs> used to lately. Um, and like I said, I think it's just a, a good way of getting back on track. We are now we're almost champions. Um, Di Maria had a great game. We're taking out the positives from this match. Um, and uh, you know, and uh, applying them to what we have, which is trying to win everything we have left. Um, I was a little bit frustrated with Mbappe missing the penalty because I really want him chasing Messi on uh, that golden boot. But you know, it happens, uh, and we still got the three points, so could be worse. Yeah, Marseille gave us a, a real challenge. They gave us a game. Um, I don't think. Yeah, it was very, very bizarre the first 15 minutes. Uh, you could tell the, the players were very nervous. And I was very happy about that. Um, we, we, we're going to talk about, the, we're going to zoom out a bit and, and talk about other things that are happening at the club. But all the fans, the French fans and the non-French fans, got, got really disgusted by that massive... Um, game against against Manchester at home that we managed to give them. Um, I've never seen the the ultras like that. There was a sign when they came back after about 20 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. They deploy a sign that says PSG 4, Dijon 0. Watch out for the return game. Ow, ow, ow. I think it's good for the players to realize how mad the fans are 
that it's it's real. Um, we can talk about the, the 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 and we did the previous podcast. We we dug deep into the the mind of Paris Saint Germain players and psych, human psychology, and we did what we could. But they need to know um, it's 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 a big deal. It's a really big deal for for fans. It's um, football is is and you know when you love your club, it's it's one of the big things in your life. It, it's uh, a little bizarre, but it's true. Uh, look how depressed we were after the game. For a week. It was awful. The players need to realize if they haven't. They probably have, but now you see it like in front of your eyes uh, in real time. And, and it may break some even more, but maybe it's going to provoke something into some of them who... who haven't found a way to to rise, to step up to the occasion, which has been all these years a problem. So the the first 20 minutes were very bizarre because of that. You could tell they really wanted to do well, but at the same time, they knew because of the fans and because of the, the Manchester game that if they had, you know, a bad game, that night and, and, and a, a bad game and a draw even a defeat against Marseille the club would have been in a massive crisis so they had a lot of pressure on them I mean a, absurd amount of pressure and then Marseille gave it all um, they, they were not thank you know we can say whatever we want about Thiago Silva but we are experienced technical difficulties please stand by okay the, the, it doesn't say bad connection anymore is it good all good no. can we go yeah looks like yeah. you're good Better, okay yeah. um, I'm not sure exactly where we should resume but I was, I was trying to talk about uh, Thiago Silva, who, who devoured Balotelli, and, and we didn't see Balotelli at all. And Balotelli had been in a very good uh, form. Um, he, he joined Marseille, immediately had an impact on the team. The team started playing with, with belief. Well, that game, we didn't see Balotelli because of, of Thiago Silva, um, which was great because Marseille, the first 20 minutes, my God, they were... They were having this really, really good high pressure, pressing, sorry. And um, we were not panicking, but they were cutting the passing lanes, pressuring really well. Uh, Verati was busy. Uh, Paradise was overwhelmed, and, uh, but they didn't score. It could have been an entirely different story, but they didn't score. Um, and then, of course, of course we're going to score. But um, what do you think, tactically, is, is there any, any thing you want to say about the, the, the tactics? We were playing a sort of 3-4-3, three, three, really bizarre. It's so difficult to talk tactics with us, with, with yeah. this team anymore, because, look, guys, Meunier, Alves, Paredes, Kurzawa, Verati was our midfield. Meunier. 
is a fullback. Alves is a fullback. Kurosawa is a fullback. We had two midfielders in that midfield of five. Verratti and Paredes. Paredes just joined. Again, uh, Tuchel is doing what he can. Um, and uh, wouldn't you agree that without a great Di Maria, we may not have won this game? We won this game not on a tactical level, but because of Di Maria, who was on, on fire. L'équipe gave him nine. They don't give nines often. He had an absolutely ferocious game. Without Di Maria, there was no beating Marseille. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm trying to have a new uh, section just for one reason, because I can play that, that jingle, that audio jingle. So <laughs> we're going to still talk about the game, but I really feel like playing that jingle now. The man of the match jingle. And here it is. That's a long jingle. Okay, you get 50 points if you tell me uh, which, which game was that. Uh, Colombia 2, Uruguay 0. Oh, gling, 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 well, Angel, Angel Di Maria, isn't it? even if Verratti had a, had a phenomenal game. Would you agree? We're going to try to do that now in the podcast every time, just because I like the jingle. That's the only re- reason. Uh, Angel Di Maria, man of the match, of course. What else we can say about this PSG OM? Um, any player in particular you want to talk about? Any player you... You thought, oh, well, we're not doing our job. I'm not doing my job. Kurosawa was back, guys. <laughs> Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Um, I just thought, I just, I was a little bit disappointed in Munir's injury. Um, I know that if it's, if there is a time to get it, it should be now because we have the chance of him being able to get better and not traveling with the national team um, and being able to just uh, get better from that injury, but um, it's unfortunate. The game got really heated really quickly, so I was expecting someone to get injured, um, but not in the way that he got injured. And I think that, again, we're... I mean, you're always going to face injuries and you're always going to face holes in the squads that you have to plug in, and I feel like that's really one of the most important things we can take out of this game is how Tuchel managed to set up a team filling up those holes with Dani Alves and uh, Kurosawa, who I think did a pretty acceptable job. Um, and uh, I I just think my, my greatest takeaway from this game is what the players are doing now and what that, that means for the future um, and basically what I'm trying to say is that I don't see uh, Dani Alves any future in this team. Um, but it looks like he's about to get renewed, so what do I know? Oh, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about 
about that, but uh, imagine the team without Alves right now. I mean, the guy is so versatile. Yeah. And and let's not forget, he's, he's a full back. He's a right back. Yeah. He doesn't play right back. He plays right midfielder or right winger all the time. Or goalie. Um, <laughs> or goalie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for reminding me. Because I'm not doing my job properly. Um, two injuries in the first half. So what was the first? Was it Alves or Meunier? Yes, yes. Alves was first. Yes, Alves first. Arba. Replaced by um, Colin Dagba, which is a log logical um, uh, replacement because Dagba is right back, sort of. And then Meunier uh, replaced by Kerr at the 37. So that's already two uh, replacements. And there's another full half. Uh, Thiago Silva started with a yellow immediately. Strange tackle. He never does that. A sign of nervosity. Like he really went hard on Balotelli. Balot Balotelli um, and Silva speak Italian. Um, he, I've learned like 10 new Italian curses in a few seconds like coming out of Balotelli. Oh my God. I was like, oh wow. Okay. Um, they will not spend their vacation together. Uh, so, and then the Mbappe goal came right before halftime and that, it could have been a very different story. Um, Meunier, Meunier was interesting for a while before his injury. He's always interesting in, you know, the attacking part of the game, even if he's a defender. Um, anything else on OM, Paris Saint-Germain OM? I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, we're kind of running out of things to, to say about the game itself. It wasn't a great game. It was all about Di Maria. We, it's great to win against Marseille, but they were not able to extend the the pressure, uh, which was very interesting again for the first 20 minutes, and then they they kind of disappeared. Uh, we're hoping, we always hope that Marseille give us uh, can give us a, a challenge, and it was the first time in a long time. It doesn't look like next season. Um, if I've read the, 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 the report about the finances of League One, they were 78 million euros in a ride last season. So they're going to have to sell players. So it doesn't bode well for next season. But hey, it's Marseille, so who cares? Um, in the list of subject, um, and, and so today we're going to answer questions from some of our Patreon donors and from our beloved subreddit, RPSG. Uh, in the list of these... Um, Quite a few people mentioned they would like us to discuss what Tuchel said after Manchester, Paris Saint-Germain Manchester United. Basically, basically denying there was a problem, um, defending his players, and saying it, 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 this game was impossible, it's VAR, without VAR we wouldn't have lost, which is true. That created a lot of, uh, of buzz, for sure. Personally, 
I don't have an opinion. Uh, all I'm asking Tuchel to do is to be a great man, man manager and, and tactical manager. The rest is blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, that's only my opinion. Uh, Eduardo, what's your take on that? Can I, we elaborate? To me, I'm just, I'm just trying to get over this match. And I, it's just... <laughs> It's it's just okay. I'm trying to put it, and it's just it always comes up, and it's just like okay. I'm trying to put it in the rear view. It happened. There's nothing more we can talk about. I mean, you yes. guys went into the psychological and everything, and it's just it happened. It's it's. I mean, I know it, it's it's a fresh wound, and and we're still trying to cope with what happened. Some of us are still trying to figure it out. Like like we're still trying to process this, and it's just I, I I'm trying to like move on from it it's 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 over it happened there's nothing there's nothing we can do you know it's until the summer stuff can change it's um, i know people want action people want answers but i mean sometimes that's just football i mean it breaks your heart you know we as psg supporters we've gotten used to getting disappointed and our hearts broken so it's just sometimes I mean, we will fall, you know, it's PSG. I think PSG has become one of those teams where, you know, they'll find different ways to break your heart. For now. <laughs> it never lasts. It can last longer, but it doesn't <laughs> always last. Chrissy? Um, no, I have to share. agree with what you say. Um, I mm. think that most of the Tuchel uh, response to the whole event, to everything that happened, is... The choice I would have had if I was a manager, I think he just went for the easy stuff, um, said the obvious obvious thing. Uh, it is true, you know, no penalty would have meant that we went through. Um, I, I think he just basically tackled what he could. Um, he obviously wasn't going to throw, or I hope he wouldn't throw his players under the bus, um, which yeah. he didn't, so, so that was good. And I... I still trust him with the project. I still trust him with whichever decision he chooses to do. I think that even if we even if we didn't manage to achieve what we were aiming for, you could say this season, we still saw, or at, at least myself, I still saw very good things this season. Um, yeah. In the Champions League group stages, against Liverpool, against Napoli... Um, crushing it in the league, um, we have never been we have never been as consistent in the league. Um, so I still think that he he creates a, a very good environment, and I think that he knows how to handle a team. I think he found himself a little bit out of his depth in that situation, um, and that's basically why everything went down. But you know, he reacted accordingly, and like you said, I think it's really important that now we focus on what his plan is moving on in the future. Not only as a team and for the results, but as in what is your plan to change this pattern that as a club we have? Yeah, out of his depth, I mean, he doesn't have a great uh, Champions League experience. Uh, we knew that when he joined the club and people were saying, well, it's, we've seen that before. The previous coach, whom now I call Fruitcake, uh, was, you know, had very little experience in the Champions League. So maybe a more experienced manager would have felt, detected something to held in during that game. But yeah, whatever he says, he's probably trying just to protect the players. 
He's not, he's not here to, say, to tell the truth. He's here to keep as much harmony as possible in a group. And of course, the, it was devastating for the players. Absolutely devastating. In the end, it's just a football game now. But, because like what you were saying, um, sorry, Eduardo, we're going to rewind a little bit on the Paris yeah. Saint-Germain-Manchester United game. Let me give you the... Oh, I'm looking at... Yeah, that's the lineup. Kerr, uh, Silva, Kimpembe, Alves, Marquinhos, Verratti, Bernat in midfield. Draxler on the right, Mbappé, nine, ADM on the left. Defense, okay. Midfield, Alves is a fullback playing right midfielder. Marquinhos is a central defender playing DM. Bernat is a left back playing left midfielder. Draxler is is a is a is a attacking player who normally plays on the left where he's comfortable. He was playing on the right. Mbappe is not a nine. He's learning the trade. That's one, two, three, four, five players not playing in their preferred position. For a win-or-go-home game, sure, you should be comfortable because we want 2-0 in, in Manchester. But still, five players playing out of position, out of 11, that's, that's half the team. That's five field players playing out of position. Because um, you were saying you still have confidence in Tuchel, you mentioned the, the Champions League group stages, the miracles this guy did with the, the team we have. We know for sure the Champions League is the revelator. The, like anything that's wrong with your club going to be magnified in the Champions League game. We know there's a lot of things wrong with our club. <laughs> Isn't <Yeah>. it? <laughs> You know, it's like you need the right club structure, the right club culture, mentality, the right coach, the right bench. The, I mean, if something doesn't work out there, you are minimizing your chances of performing in the Champions League. To hell, okay, this is a, f we played 45 games so far. He never had... Yes, we have, we have Mbappé. We had Neymar. He's injured all the time when it matters. We, long Paris Saint-Germain tradition, remember? That's normal. You're like the key player at Paris Saint-Germain. You will be injured for key, uh, for key games. Oh, yeah. When it's not Neymar, it's Verratti and so on and so forth. 45 games so far. It's been um, monkey business for Tuchel. Reinventing position for some... Like, uh, it's, we still finished top of the group. Remember the, the first game at Anfield, how we looked, how poor of a team we were, how poor, how poor football was, and how we turned that around. Finding solution with, with what he had, and what he had was always changing and evolving because this guy was injured, that guy was coming back, and he's out of shape, and then this guy is suspended, and then... The group is weak. We have, we barely, we, we have a little bit of, of, little bit more than no midfield because Paradise joined. We still have lots of people playing in midfield. They're not midfielders. It's fine in League One against Dijon. Less and less. I don't know if you've noticed, but 
uh, it's kind of a new thing. League One teams are less and less afraid. Doesn't mean they, 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 they come out of Parc des Princes with no goals. Most of them still get two or three or four or five. But they look a lot less scared now. They're giving, giving us a little bit of a, more of a hard time. Why? We have no midfield. We have no midfield. So to hell in all of this, yeah, it's magic um, to, a certain, to a certain point. And then things are not going to work out because, because we're a poorly structured club because we don't have bench depth, because we don't have a midfield, because we don't have experience in the Champions League, because our lead players are injured. And here we are. In many ways, the, the 2-0 victory at Manchester, at Old Trafford, I think was a perfect game for Paris Saint-Germain. Remember that game where we were like, holy mother of God, this is mastery. I think that night... We, we used to stars to line up to, uh, to screw us up, to find a way to screw us up. They line up that night to have a perfect game. Everybody delivered. They followed the, the coach. We nailed the tactics. Uh, everything went great. We played fantastic football. Good. We, we hadn't seen that before. It's a fluke. This is not who we are. Uh, we had a podcast. Like, are we there yet? Is this, is this it? Is this... Paris Saint-Germain now? No, it's not. But we never had a game like this before. Now we know we can have a game like this. But this is not who we are. We are still... What are we? What are we? <laughs> we are still um, a team that needs a lot of help. A lot of people who play the, the midfielders, for example. A couple of midfielders. Maybe three midfielders. We'll... we'll how long has been? 40 minutes. We still have a little bit of time. Um, yeah. Um, this summer, it's slow now, guys. Enjoy it. Relax. Eduardo, purge your mind. Jose, <laughs> you've seen it before. Um, this summer is going to be just for the transfer season. It's going to be very, very interesting in both ways because... We heard Mbappé say, oh, I'm staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Uh, Neymar didn't, didn't say anything. So we, we can assume we're going to hold on to these guys. That'd be great, isn't it? Um, but a lot of things need to happen. Players coming in. So we'll, we'll talk about players coming in, coming out. It's also part of the, the, the questions we got on, on the sub, uh, subreddit and from our uh, Patreon donors. Um, a little bit more football news. What's the international break? I don't know if you guys follow any of the games with some Paris Saint-Germain player. I didn't, I didn't watch any game in particular, but I, I read and, and saw a few um, videos of the Italy game. And uh, any, any, anyone followed the Italy game? No? I, 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 I want to... Talk about variety, but I'm going to let you talk a bit uh, about maybe. Did you watch Argentina? I didn't. Any of you? I watched a couple minutes of it. Um, it was a. It was. was it, it was a disaster. <laughs> it was. Oh, it, it was. It, it was Messi creating a lot, and his a lot of his help or his teammates just 
don't know what to do with the ball. I mean, Paredes looked, he looked pretty good. I mean, How about Lo Celso? Did he, did he play? Lo Celso, no, uh, he looked okay. I mean, it, a lot of the, from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of the iron fists are towards Messi's teammates because they, I've seen a lot of the clips where he's creating chances for them and no one seems to know or what to do. Like, they just can't put the ball in the back of the net. And it was just an ugly. It was an ugly, you know, match to watch or for the, you know, like the 30 minutes that I was able to see. You how about, how about you Paredes? Oh, sorry. Uh, you, I was going to say, you can't underestimate this Venezuela team mm -hmm. because they will make the, the, the 2022 World Cup. They will make it. So, a few words on Paredes. Did he play uh, his normal position? As yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he it, it's kind of hard to to evaluate him at the international level just because I don't think Argentina has a coach yet. They're still figuring that out, so I'm not gonna judge him too much. But he's long ball. I I I love the guy's long balls. Like his long passes, I just love Something watching those. And you know, I, I I saw a little bit of those. Um, obviously, his tackling, um, but you know, it's. Um, you know he's starting to barely starting to figure everything out, and you know I, I wouldn't grade him too harshly, but you know he, he was he was okay. Yeah, long passing, he's got some skills there, and that's not Marco Verratti's specialty. So mm, we have two good midfielders right there, and they did. That's what I really like when he ground when he ground drives long. You're cutting off a bit on my on my stream, Jose. I don't know if Eduardo, you heard oh, Jose I'm, talk? Yeah, I'm just saying that I, I went in in his long passing, which I think is fabulous. I really like his his ground driven long passing. Yeah, they break the lines. They break the they break lines. They they special passes. This guy. <laughs> no, seriously, he's he's very yeah. interesting, um, Bernat. Was called back for Spain. He didn't play, <laughs> he didn't but play. he was called back for Spain. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful! Oh my God, Juan Bernat, yeah. um, special, speci special dedicace to Culture PSG, who's been from the day Juan Bernat sang, trashed the player that that you know Culture PSG the. the most famous French podcast about Paris Saint-Germain. And now they're like, oh, no, I knew it all along. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. Uh, we, um, <laughs> we didn't trash Bernat when he joined. We were like, hmm, <laughs> doesn't look too good looking at his, you know, but he's coming from Bayern Munich. We gave him a little bit of, of a chance and look at him now. Back to Spain, I think it had been three years or something. So good for him. And he didn't start great. What? He did not start great. Oh, yeah. Bernard no, he didn't did not. start great now. He did not. Kerb <laughs> uh, was playing today for Germany. Uh, they're doing really well. They, I think they were two goals up against uh, the Netherlands, yeah. which um, is, a, is a team that's been really impressive. But Germany in Amsterdam or wherever it's played was up uh, two goals with Kerr. I think Kerr started. I watch um, Moldavia, France. Ooh, the French team. Deschamps made sure they were back on their prime. And they were like, back on their prime. Poor Moldavia. 
poor Moldavians. I mean, it's Moldavia, right? But still, the French team delivered. Mbappé, you know, it was great for me to watch the game because you see the difference. So we, we love Kylian Mbappé. Everybody loves Kylian Mbappé. All the adjectives. Oh, my God. La Pelé, blah, 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 blah. Okay, sure. Then um, you look at him in the French national team and he had an impact. He, he scored decisive goals in the World Cup, one in the final, I know. Sure. Now you look at Antoine Griezmann's game um, against Moldavia and it, it shows all the progress Mbappé has to do. Griezmann was unbelievable. He was everywhere. He was pressing when, when pressing was needed. He was, um, all the dead ball situations were Griezmann's. Absolutely superb. Two assists. Amazing quality of, of deliveries. Amazing quality of short passes, long passes, uh, runs. Um, at one point, he was like the number 10. Short passes in the Moldovan square, like, Unbelievable performance by Antoine Griezmann. Mbappé is eons away from this. Eons away from this. Yes, he has these incredible physical qualities, but in football IQ, in figuring out what to do when the, 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 the sixth sense, you know, all that, he's only 20. Griezmann, Griezmann's 26. Oh, he's 28. You know, I don't know if it's a matter. Huh? Well, he's, he's twice like Griezmann's 28. He's 28. So we'll see Mbappé in eight years if he can be that level. But there was a huge quality gap, uh, which is wonderful to hear, isn't it? Kylian Mbappé can be a lot better than that. A lot better than that. Didn't have a great game, still score a goal. So, not too bad. Uh, Draxler was in, injured. Uh, that's about it, I think, for the international uh, break. Um, in the news, too, uh, the financial fair play. Bullshit. <laughs> so... A, a round of applause for Cass. <laughs> <laughs> the... How do you say in English? The, the, some, some sport court in Geneva, where everything happens for the, for the in Europe, it, uh, everything happens in Geneva. They're not, Switzerland is not even part of the EU. But anyway, um, decided in favor of Paris Saint-Germain because UEFA that reopened the case on Paris Saint-Germain that they had closed in June, last June, reopened it in September, had a, a deadline to do so, deadline written by UEFA. They, they write their own rules and they don't respect them. Uh, the lawyers, page lawyers, so that they're like, no, you can't do that. So it's technicality. They had to start reopening the inquiry on Paris Saint-Germain. Impossible to know exactly what it means. Exactly what it means. But we can assume... We're good for now. Um, impossible to know exactly the real finances of Paris Saint-Germain. 
this is a private club. They don't have to show their, you know, they're not listed anywhere. It's looking okay. It's looking like we may have, they're not going to get another 200 million uh, euro player this summer, but we could be okay, which means they can start working on it now and get few players in and out early this summer. Get the group to, to hell early, especially when we all know we need midfielders. And that's, that's the still ultra-high priority for Paris. We tried to get two this winter transfer season. It was close to get the workhouse we need, the box-to-box workhouse. You know, the guy that would have pressured that menu player who shot in the stratosphere, but somehow it didn't come in. So instead of Di Maria, it's that guy. And... We would have been qualified for the quarterfinals. Anyway, so we may get we may get enough money in a bank, and we're probably going to have to sell a few players. And I, w- I would like to to talk about that now. We have a group. Neymar is going. Hey, Neymar is going to be back, guys. For absolutely <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, a nice Coupe de France final. That'd be great. But Neymar is going to be back uh, in good shape. That's considering where we we've been. It's good news. He's going to have plenty yeah. of time to heal okay. Um, that's the Copa America this summer. It looks yeah. like there's a Copa America yeah. every year now. So there is a Copa yeah. America. They, yeah. they, no, it's, it's weird. The, the, centenario, the centenario one just like mixed everything up. But is that, oh, I it think, was last? Oh, okay, the centenario. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is the last one that they're doing um, on a. On like in an odd, on an odd year, I'm pretty sure. So I'm, yeah, they want to link it up with the Euro 2020, so they they can be together. But it used so to be they're finally going to do that. It used to be linked up, like there was Euro and then next season Copa America. You, you know, um, not next season, two seasons later. It used to be linked, like they all linked up. The World Cup, um, Copa America and Euro were all sync for for a while, like you know, not all together at the same yeah. time, and then. I don't know what happened. So it's this summer, and it's pretty open. Uh, it's a pretty open one, because Brazil, bad World Cup. Argentina, bad World Cup. Uh, Colombia, uh, Uruguay. Who else? Who else could win it? I'm looking at Costa right there. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, those are definitely the favorites. Uh, I think... Brazil has the largest chance by far. Mm. Um, like you said, they haven't been amazing. Uh, I saw, I did see their full game against Panama, in which they absolutely did not impress. Um, yeah, they don't have Neymar right now. I know Edward's not gonna do good at all. Um, but mm. you know, it'll be it'll be a fun tournament. I'm excited. Well, I mean, for us, it's it's, it's a big deal. I mean, the, the team is for Neymar. It's Neymar's team. The reason why he came to Paris is like it's he has a team now. Everybody's playing playing for him. Freaking injured. He needs to have a great Copa. We need Neymar to have a great Copa. And to like to to be the hero of Brazil and, and come back with the title and have you know like 
what he could do for Barcelona and sometimes for Paris Saint-Germain, do for Brazil, carry the team, be the star, come back in Paris with the cup, or at least, you know, a great tournament where he, he did shine and, and, and probably have one last season. <coughs> with Paris Saint-Germain um, but a great one <laughs> but a great one um, so we need we need uh, we, maybe all that 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 injury that, that happened again same foot and all now he's going to have time to heal it consolidate it get his his, um, his physics back um, his physicality back uh, and being well, well rested too very well rested and prepared for the Copa America and um, it could be good news yes I'm trying to find good news here and there and be optimistic yes, so sorry but that'd be that'd, that'd be wonderful um, talking about players in and out um, we have about 10 minutes left uh, we would need probably an hour and a half to talk about this but uh, and we'll start with you Eduardo what profile of player would you like to see joining this summer? Who do you think should leave, or it would be good for the club to, for them to leave? Um, who do you think should stay? Go for it. I think it, it, it's going to have to start in the midfield. We've been down this road two, three, four years already. Or you know, it's it's been a long. Four, I, we're starting to see process. Four. I mean, we saw Paredes come, so it's. Not as fast as we want it to go, but it's the train is slowly starting to get there. And, you know, I think yeah. as someone that, you know, it's, I think Thomas Mounier, I mean, I don't see, I don't think he has a future here anymore. I mean, mm. it's just, I think he's going to have to go. Um, we're going to have to figure out what they want to do with Levin Kozawa. I think we have too many fullbacks that are more offensively, you know, offensive minded. And we got Bernat. Kuzawa, um, Munier, I think that's way too many fullbacks that think offense first, you know. So I think I, I want to see Bernat stay just because we've seen him flourish under Tuchel. Um, so I think Munier and Kuzawa could be heading on out um, if I had to pick, you know, names out the top of my head to see go this summer. Chrissy? Well, I'm ready to see Di Maria leave. <laughs> it looks like that's not gonna happen uh, so i guess i'll just take him uh but i oh <laughs> i mean he's he he continues to shut me up you know once and again he's an amazing player and he you know um i think he he definitely has had a very important has done very important things for us but and i like him but i just think we're wasting a spot on an older player that could be used on somebody else. But mm -hmm. that's not the question. And the question is, um, who is going to leave? Um, I have to agree with Eduardo. I think that our fullback situation is complicated. Um, the fullback market is horrible. I think yes. there are no good there are no good fullbacks left. Um, I would like to see someone... Uh, I wouldn't like to see Munir leave. I would like for the club to make up their mind on Kurzawa, whether if he want to stay or not, but make up their mind and, and, and finish with that, not keep keep him on a limbo like he's been for a long time. 
Um, I want to see players that are, you know, obviously Rabiot's leaving, so that's good news. Um, I think we're fine in the goalkeeping department. Did they did they renew Buffon? Um, yeah. I yeah, I'm I happy with. I'm pretty sure they did, and I have I'm happy with that. I feel like he should not have the same role that he had in the club this season, but I still think that it is a good a good person to have on the sidelines. Um, and on the bench, uh, and to play some league games. Um, but l- like Eduardo said, I think that we really need to focus on getting those midfielders in. Um, and I am not saying we should get him, just because I think logistically, and he will be very expensive, but I really like players uh, with the profile of Geoffrey Condogbia, um, who plays for Valencia, which is an absolute monster. I think he is... Huge, incredibly fast, very accurate. He has shots. He has distribution. He's very good at defending. Um, so I think an addition in that type of situation would be really beneficial to a midfield, which I think is really the only department where our new addition for it is lacks, um, just because of how Kondobia can be so much more physical than him. Yeah, we need. I mean, we need probably more than just one solid midfielder we need two Condobia uh, would be wonderful um, I agree with you guys I think um, good points uh, Kurzawa I didn't mention him too much he was he started for France you can tell when it's like his demeanor is different like he's more I wouldn't say mobile he's less stiff It's, 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 you know, it's subtle. You, you see his runs, he's more comfortable. He's still not the greatest uh, you know, technical left-back in history, of course. But he's still the only history in the history of the Champions League to score a hat-trick. The only left-back in the history of the Champions League to score <laughs> a hat-trick. Um, he's a little special. We don't have fullbacks that are really good in defense except Kerr. But Tuchel has adapted to that. Well, he's good in defense. He's not a great right back, but you know, if you want a right back that can defend, it's going to be Kerr. Um, Kurzawa and Meunier have somewhat similar profiles. They can, they can come down their wings, do decent crosses. Meunier is a, is a good finisher too. Kurzawa is pretty decent. And like, like you mentioned, um, there's, um, there's, there's nobody on the market. Imagine the money we could make with Kurzawa and Meunier in the EPL. We bought Meunier for 10 million euros. How old is Meunier? 27, I feel like. 27? Jesus. This guy can go for 50 million, 45 million. Money for uh, an EPL team, 45 million. And they will pay. Oh, they will pay. <laughs> they will pay. They will pay. They will pay 45 million for money. I mean, he's a, he's a famous player now. Um, so, 45 million. Um, we keep Alves. And then he gives us a, a bit more. Well, yes, he's a great right back. <laughs> and then for. Uh, right back we can defend we have to care so we could make a lot of money with Meunier I, 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 everybody likes him you know 
But yeah, it's probably time to go. Kurzawa could be sold for a, a, a mountain of gold too. But now we're talking about it. So yeah, hold on, who's left? <laughs> so um, I think Dagba could, uh, could be a good replacement as a right back. Um, we probably need to keep Kurzawa for another season and see how it goes. Um, he's interesting as a left midfielder too. He was so when he came back from injury recently, his uh, his first second game was as a left midfielder. He had an interesting game, not bad. And now that he feels physically a bit more comfortable, he's a little better defensively. And that, these are good signs. Um, we didn't mention you know Nkunku and Soki, uh, Lo Celso for me uh, on 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 our PSG. He's asking what should we do. And where? Um, I think everybody's going to have different answers. I love Ensoki. I think he has a phenomenal potential uh, as as a central defender, and and it's good to see a youth academy player from Paris Saint Germain who can play central defense. There's Kimpembe now. There's potentially another guy. He can play left back. I think he played right back once. He's versatile. He's very physical. And Kunku, what do you, what do you think? Wea and Kunku uh, and Soki. What do you guys think? Uh, Kose, you said. Um, I love Soki. I definitely think he should stay. Um, and I made a mainstay addition to the squad if Kurzawa leaves. I think he would be number two. I would prefer to see him on that back three pairing up with... Um, Kimpembe and Marquinhos, uh, you know, considering hopefully that we'll move on Thiago Silva in the future. Mm. Um, but I don't know how like the two-footed, like the two left-footed player situation would work. Um, I usually like to place the more avidly passer in the middle of the three, and I don't really know. Like for me, of those three, the best one would be Marquinhos, and you can't really have a left-footed player playing in the right center back slot. So I think that's a, a situation that should need to work out. But I think we should definitely say I think he's going to fare better if he, he tries to find more minutes in another team. He, he, he played his part this season when he had to come in, and he was, I think he was pretty decent. Um, but I, th- I, I think that he's, he's not going to have much more of chances here at PSG. Uh, especially considering so many attacking talents and so many established attacking players that we already have on our squad. Um, and apart from that, uh, I don't know. Of course, I, I'd like to see that lot more involved. Uh, I think he, he's shown really good, really good stuff so far. Um, he's still very, very young. I think he's not even 20 yet. Um, and I am counting the days for Danny Alves to leave, so... I think he can really he can really become an important player. I don't know Tim Wea. It's really hard for him to come back. Uh, he did fine on the games that he was giving at the beginning of the season. He's been good for for Celtic um, since he's been there. So I don't want to go ahead and say no. I I wish he would be able to get a chance, um, but I don't know. Too if early to possible. tell, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too, too early to tell. It would be too bad. We don't have many um, players up front from the Youth Academy and yes potential 
he needs to he needs more playing time. Maybe it'd be it'd be a bad move to let go where. Even if uh, liking uh, what was that? <laughs> Instagram? Oh no. Yeah, he was liking he some things he shouldn't have been liking. You know, he should not have been liking this. Um, and Kunku, I, I just love the kid, but I don't think Paris is the right team for him, for his style of play. Uh, even if he's so great in box-to-box, -box, but we need a defensive box-to-box, -box, not an attacking box-to-box. -box. We already have an attacking box-to-box. -box. That's Neymar. So we could get good money for him too. We yeah, especially if Arsenal's if Arsenal wants him. <laughs> yeah. So right there, we're talking about like 70 million euros. So when you want a big, impactful, or two, um, and that's my next question, um, particular target, Not, 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 not profile of player. Let's be realistic. Let's say the club can spend another 50 million. Um, 60, 70 million for a midfielder. Who, who do you want to see this summer? Names. We want names. So you mentioned Condobia, Jose. Eduardo. Oh, Eduardo's frozen. I think we just yeah, lost Eduardo. Yeah. So, Kose, <laughs> besides Condobia, we're going to leave Eduardo some time to come back. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. There we go. So, we were talking about uh, players we would like to come in at Paris Saint-Germain, not profiles, like specific names. And Kose uh, mentioned Condobia. Who, who would you like, Eduardo, to see? Like, we want names as I a want, midfielder. I got, I got well, no, you know, one, realistically, realistically. Yeah, one, one name. I don't know what's inter-situation, but one name that was brought up to me that I didn't even think about But then I started to do my research, and it kind of makes sense. But Marcelo Brozovic, Inter's midfielder there, mm. um, I think that he was really underrated in their World Cup run. I think, you know, we, Rakitic um, and Luka Modric got, you know, a lot of the publicity. But I thought that he was one of the better midfielders, you know, for Croatia. And, you know, he's, you know, he's entering yeah. his prime. He's 26. I think he just turned 26. So, um If if you know if, I'm not sure if Inter falls out of the top four, and they need money, um, I definitely that's one name that I would look at and and you know to see if maybe you know Paris Saint Germain kicks the tires on that name. Yeah, it'd be, I mean we need a relayer. We need a box to box physical guy. So Condobia is not completely that, but he's <laughs> partially that. He's physical. He can do that. Um, but we need a real air. Uh, Rabio oh, needs a real huh? <laughs> He knows What? how to defend Messi. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> um, well, my, I mean, I think this guy has absolutely phenomenal potential. The problem is everybody wants him, and it's, it's Ndombele from OL. Mm -hmm. I think City 
are looking for a, a, a Fernandinho replacement. And uh, again, the I don't know if you watch uh, Barcelona OL, the only one that kind of give Barcelona a little bit of a challenge was Ndombele in midfield. Wow, imagine this guy with us, but he's going to go for 80, 90 million. It's going to be big. And do you think Olas is going to want to sell it to us? I think he will. I mean, what Olas needs is is this, you know. (laughs) So really, yeah. No, he will will sell to us. Um, But Condobia... I um, remember his, his early Monaco work uh, when he scored in Arsenal, the game he had, and then a little bit. You know, p- players can, uh, don't always have a linear career and there's ups and downs, but Jeffrey Condobia has shown that he's a solid, solid midfielder. And uh, physically, technically, mentally, defending, pass, short passing, I mean, he's, he's got he's a whole package. Uh, there's a reason why he started in, in Valencia and he's the heart of the Valencia team. It'd be great for us. There's many, many names. Um, not many, but there's a few solid, solid. You know, there was a, um, a rumor oh. last week. Uh, we're going to get a lot of rumors because, you know, players last year of contract. Oh, Paris Saint-Germain, they're interested in me. Like, uh, what is his name from Manchester United? Herrera. Oh. Get ah. used to it. Get used to it. It's, it's coming again. Um, no, uh, what is his name for Real Madrid? Cross, uh, uh, cross. Cross. There's rumors here that you know he's exploring his possibilities. Zidane's back, but you know what else there is? He won everything that he needed to win with Real Madrid. Imagine Tony Cross at Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. Uh, yeah. Um, here we go. Um, couple of last issues to talk about or subjects linked to the questions on the sub and, and all Patreon donors. Um, we... I'm, I don't want to jinx it. It's not impossible that we may have a okay summer transfer window, that we do get a few players we really need. We're not going to get a perfect transfer window, but like a solid, decent one, that we keep our jewels, Mbappé and Neymar, that Tuchel is um, given a bit more power and assertion at the club. I want to briefly talk about the club structure before we uh, we sub this podcast and, and, and show what's according to me and maybe you guys need to be tightened up a bit. We may have ahead of us a good period for the club where uh, there's an audit going on right now, whatever that means, to see the, to, to, to assess the organigram of the club and see what can be streamlined. There were rumors of like too many bosses, like, you know, middle managers, hard to get an answer from, blah, 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 like not working really well as a club. Um, that will eventually hurt you on, on the football field, especially in the Champions League. Um, 
I'm kind of losing my, my train of thought. The, um, one of the questions was about, um, and I forgot who asked it. I wrote it on my notes, and my, my, my desk is covered with my notes. And I don't know. I'm sorry, dude. Um, about the, the organigram of the club. What can be improved? Hold on. Let me dive down. Maybe it's here. Um, no, I'll do, it by, I'll do it by head. We know the big boss. It's not Nasser. No, it's Altani. Is the prime minister of, I'm sorry, the Czech of Qatar. Um, he kind of owns the, well, he kind of rules the sovereign wealth fund, QSI. No, QIA. It's very complicated. QIA is the sovereign wealth fund, and Athani kind of manages it. QIA, QIA bought or developed QSI, Qatar Sports Investment, which is the technical owner of Paris Saint-Germain. Nasser is chairman of the board of Qatar Sports Investment, the technical owner of Paris Saint-Germain. Nasser is below Athani, of course. Um, below Nasser, that's Jean-Claude Blanc. We've heard of him. He's the general, the delegate general manager of Paris Saint-Germain. He does all the financial part, business part, Busy man, former president of, president of uh, Juventus. Very good guy. Kind of at the same level, there's Enrique, director of football or sporting director or whatever you call that. Um, and he has a whole team of guys. The, the youth academy is also run by a few dudes. I'm not going to give you names. You, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, there's a director of the Youth Academy. There's a director of training, which is kind of the same thing as the Youth Academy because it, 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 it's the training also of the youth players. There's a technical director of youth. There's a whole bunch of dudes at that club, and you're like, and then there's Luis Fernandez. Is he back? Is he going? What is exactly Kamara's uh, uh, position? And then, so Maxwell, what is... And, there's a lot to streamline and improve. But that's not all. There's Nasser, and then there's close to Nasser, because our president is president of Bean Sports. He's president of Bean Media, which owns Miramax Studios. He's the president of the Qatar Tennis Federation. That doesn't take him much time, but he's vice president of the Asian Tennis Federation. He's also board of the European Club Association now. The guy sleeps four hours a night, maximum. Um, has absolutely crazy responsibilities on his shoulders. He's doing his best. He's a nice guy. He's doing his best. Probably contaminates a few people at Paris Saint-Germain with his stress level, which is probably high. But close to him, there's two people. There's a lawyer, a woman, and she's like the bean sport, but she's close from the close entourage of, of Nasser. Sophie Jordan, she's a lawyer. Interesting woman. And then there's the director of communication of Paris Saint-Germain, who used to be and still is in the close entourage of Nasser, Jean Martial Rib. He's a powerful guy. He's director of he's dear come of Paris Saint-Germain, but he's a lot more than that. Because he's so close to Nasser. So you know, you see me. And then there's Turel, Enrique, Turel, Rib, Jean-Claude Blanc, 
Nasser. I mean, oh my God. What a boat. So, um, it's been, it's being assessed. It's being, uh, you know, there's an audit, internal audit to see what could be streamlined. And hopefully, I mean, Jean-Claude Bon is a phenomenal professional and he will, he's aware of what's going on. Hopefully, there can be some improvement in the structure of Paris Saint-Germain. Sorry to monopolize the mic, as I often do. Um, going back and forth between the, the, the issues and, and the, the questions, um, a good question from one of our, uh, Victor, one of the Patreon donors. I'll just read it. I believe we have a good tactical manager, but we need someone to carry his thoughts and mindset on the pitch and get everyone on board and deliver. How can we possibly carry on with Thiago Silva as a captain? And I'll let you answer that. Kose, you start. Um, <clears throat> no, yeah, I, def- I agree. I think that Thiago Silva has been one of the pillars of the reinvention of this club. I think he's an incredibly talented defender. He is a very important player, a very important figure. But I do think that his time as the leader and as the face of PSG is coming to an end. Um, and we've talked about many times of what it is to just change the armband and what it really means to be one of the captains of the team and what weight figures have in the in the dressing room. Um, so I think there's a couple of ways to go, um, you know, to go around this. And I think that the first one would be to either give it to the player in line, which is Marquinhos, um, which has shown he cares. Um, he usually does a pretty good job at whatever he tries um, and definitely is has the football intelligence to be able to express the ideas of the of the of the manager that would be my pick um, now I know you could also slap it onto Neymar hope he steps up becomes a figure of the club leads everyone to victory um, which I think is a Cinderella story but it just really depends on so many other things that just given him yes. the, the the captain's armband that that's not really the way I would go Um or give it to some really experienced player who has been in the team for a long time, um, like Verratti or Cavani. So I think that those are like the more clear ways to go. I would, I would personally give it to the guy who has been in line for a long time for this job. So that would be my pick. But I definitely agree with the fact that it is, it is time to change um, like our leadership on the field um, while still keeping you know some sense of of structure, which is why I think that you know Buffon and Dani Alves are not not bad people to have in your dressing room. Eduardo, this is a divisive. This is divisive topic. It is because I I I, I love Thiago Silva, but I'm I, I've come to the realization that maybe it's just too much pressure for him to be captain. I mean, he's been captain of two major catastrophic defeats, Brazil 7-1, or three now, including this one. He wasn't and, there. He didn't play. Yeah, he was there. He didn't play, but he was there. He was the captain, but he, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, he's a great player, um, but then it, it if Tuchel decides to, you know, strip him of his armband, 
then it, it opens up another Pandora's box. Does he want to stay here knowing that he's not the captain anymore? Some some players can can stay there and just be a regular player. Some see it as a slap in the face and they need to go. So I think this one's gonna have to be, you know, started early on. I just can't be you can't delay this till till, you know, the the, the preseason, you know, those pre tournaments that they're in, whether it's the ICC or whatever they're gonna be in this summer. They gotta decide, you know, before that, you know, and, and say, Hey, you know, Tiago, we respect everything you've done for this club. You've given you're you know, you've given everything you can, but you know, it's time to give it to Marquinhos or whoever they feel, you know, feel fit for this role because I think, and I mean, there's going to have to be an, a, a, at least some kind of change. You know, we can't expect the entire roster to go, but, you know, we, we do need to see some change to see that they know that what they, what happened this past season isn't going to happen again. And so it's just, you know, it's just, it's going to be, interesting to you know follow as you know we head into the summer because some someone you know Tiago Silva gone I personally don't want him gone but I can understand why he would want to leave if you know they strip him of his arm man you know I would love to see that they establish so when I used to play we the coach would just give out the lineup and then would choose the captain right there like on this because of this week like you'll be the captain today I feel like that really, like I know no actual professional club really does that. Like we, they have even official captains and everything. But I just feel like that would be a very just way of rewarding the person who most, who most deserves it. Yeah, they probably. I mean, he's been at the club for so many years now. They know him really well, and if they feel that it's doable, they may do it. But we can We can't lose. Next season, Thiago Silva as a central defender. Whoa. I mean, we could, but <clears throat> he's pretty darn good, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my feeling is a package. You, you, either I'm the captain of Paris Saint-Germain and, and you know, the, the lead, leader of the defense or not. I'm gone. Um, I, I think we stuck. I don't think he's the right captain for this team. I mean, he's been captain of Brazil too, guys. So he has, he has some abilities. We can't deny this. I mean, look at the fact. Uh, you cannot be captain of, Brazil, of the Brazilian national team. He's not on enough, right? But he has, if you don't have somewhat some leadership uh, skills. But for this team, for Paris, and, and the, the absurd amount of pressure, um, the wrong pressure too. It does, he's not a great captain. Obviously, he's not a great captain. There's no denying that neither. But I think as long as he's a player at Paris Saint-Germain, he will be our captain. And so we have to look ahead and, and now picture Marquinhos as the captain of Paris Saint-Germain. It sounds right. It sounds right. And I think he, he, will, he will get there. Um, wow, it's been technically a little challenging, this podcast, so far. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to record with Skype and between the image freezing, people dropping. I don't know if we're going uh, to be able to pull a podcast, a video podcast, but we have the audio backup, so at least we have that. We're completely running out of time. Completely running out of time. I want to finish uh, with um, another question. Luke Carroll from Scotland. Is Angel Di Maria one of the best free kick takers in the world? 
currently. Well, yeah. You can watch on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, free kick, I, the free kick he scores uh, against Marseille. I, mean, I, I think he's an incredibly technical player, and we know he can do stuff like this. Um, you know, every time I get angry at Di Maria, I just force myself scores, to remind him. He scores me that... a 35-meter free kick. Yeah. <laughs> just to annoy you, Jose. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. And I'll, yeah. and I'll be like, ah, oh, remember his goal against Napoli? Remember his goal against Napoli? That's like what really keeps me going. Um, so I think he's an incredibly talented player. And he's definitely up, where, up there with the best free kick takers in the world. He is the best free kick taker by far and large in the league. Um, and he has the, the most the most goals uh, hey, this this season as a or I don't know if it's this season or this year but um, this something and he has like three which is the most than anyone else in France. Um, I still think that he hasn't reached Messi level, but he's he's pretty good. He hasn't reached Messi level, but I don't know if Messi can score thirty five meters free kicks. Um, has he Messi like thirty? Past 35 meters. I saw one I against Sevilla once that was very far away. He probably has a couple of times. Uh, Eduardo? Uh, I think he's arguably... the. It's just I, I'm debating him and Nabil Fakir. Um, I love Fakir's Nabil Fakir's gifty, free yeah, kicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we're yeah. supposed to hate OL, but I just I always find myself being marveled by Nabil Fakir and his free kicks and just his long distance goals. But I I I give it to Di Maria just just because he's our guy. Uh, I think you know I I still remember the Barcelona the first leg where he um beat Ter Stegen and then um yeah no then this this one against Marseille it's just like he always. He just dazzles you with his free kicks and then he frustrates you, you know, in between. You know, Neymar <laughs> and, and too shabby in here. He's, he's, he's pretty all right as a free kick taker. Remember against Paris Saint-Germain a couple of years ago, that free kick he scored? Um, that would be another podcast who are the best free kick takers in the world. But yeah, we can say Angel Di Maria is up there. You know who else is not too bad at all? Paredes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's got a very good technique. He can hit the ball real hard from distance. It could be interesting for next season. All right, it's going to be a complete nightmare for me to edit this thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Thank you for wasting yet an, uh, another perfectly fine hour listening to PSG talk. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Eduardo. It was great to have you on the big talk. Please come back. Jose, uh, you're here often, a pillar of the, of the team. Thank you very Thanks. much. And we will talk to you soon.